Okay, we are rolling now. Counting us down. Numbers. Three, two. You're listening to Missing Out with Lex Michael and Tari J. Let's start the show. Hey guys, welcome back to Missing Out. I'm Tari J. I'm Lex Michael. And if this is your first time listening, what we do here is we introduce each other to different media, whether it be movies, music, television, spoken word, books, experiences, things that have built us up as people, and we hope that in sharing them, it helps build you. We are the retrospective that's introspective. I like, I mentally wandered away for just a couple of seconds and oh. I came back on like, is everything fine? And of course it is. You got this. I mean, You're on I can do it, it again. Hey, if this is your first time no. listening. Oh. Okay. Now I'm going to physically wander away. <laughs> but no, I knew I should have trusted. It was all in good hands. You should always trust me, baby. Came back to discover, in fact, my, my confidence was well-founded. Good. And any doubts I had, not likewise. I mean, this every every word you say hurts me a little bit more. <laughs> just, just a even, little bit. I, I have such a fucked up relationship with self that even the compliments sting. <laughs> in fact... They may sting even worse because I don't know what to do with them. <laughs> that's, that's sad. Yeah. So, guys, today we are talking about the 1981 David Cronenberg film Scanners, starring Jennifer O'Neill, Stephen Lack, Patrick McGuhan. <laughs> Is that how you spell it? Uh, McGuhan. I think it's McGuhan. 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 Michael Ironside. Michael Ironside. He's not even in the the like opening credits like mm-hmm. and he he outlasted all of these people sort of he outlasted them all the, the, i've never even heard of a patrick mcguhan <laughs> the, the trade-off though is he gets to be on all the marketing materials that's true like the the poster that most people are familiar with for this movie the key art is just him like body rigid his eyes white going like that's <laughs> the trade-off yeah. yeah okay all right i accept that um, so Lex Michael, you brought this in for us. I did. Um, so pitch it. All right. So for his fifth commercial feature, writer director David Cronenberg takes us into a world of conspiracy, corporate espionage, and underground psychic spy networks, the telekinetic power of which is so profound your head's gonna explode bitch hell yeah damn guys that was so good I, 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 are you sold are you are you like i feel like you, you gotta be sold like, it's, it's that it's the captain america winter soldier moment where you turn to me and it's like did you set off the top of your head or did you write it down first yeah price yeah. of freedom is high <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah uh this was my first time seeing it. Uh, I'm sure that if you haven't seen it at home, you're familiar with the gif of the guy in the glasses whose head blows up. Yes, Scanners has been known since its release as the head-exploding movie. Yep. Um, which, you know, reasonably so. It's a very shocking, striking moment. They uh, Originally, the plan was to open the movie with that scene, and when they tested it, they discovered that after that moment, audiences could not focus on anything else that was happening so they moved it to they moved it to about the 15 minute mark after we've already introduced uh, the protagonist and a bit of the world and the mythology yeah and even still that's the moment that everybody still to this day remembers and like you say most people know that reference even if they've never seen the movie do you think kids would have any clue now people that are younger than us by like five to seven years i figure like 
they'd know Cronenberg through movies like The Fly. Mm-hmm. But do you think younger, like if they see the the GIF, for example, or they hear the head exploding scanners reference, do you think they have any tether to what that means? Um, I don't know what kids know now. I mean, I will. I my guess would be no, mostly because. I didn't know it was from Scanners. Like, I had seen the GIF, um, and I only realized it was from Scanners because of uh, Sword Art Online Abridged. Okay. Where um, he uses a, he uses it as an example of what will happen if they try to take off the nerve gear. Because um, everyone's like, I don't understand. You're talking about microwaves. And he's like, have you guys seen Scanners? And it's the head exploding that GIF. And I was like, oh, Got it. okay. So you hadn't heard that? You hadn't heard it referenced... And it were like just the correlation between scanners and heads exploding. You no. just you just knew the gif out of context. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Because um, I'd been hearing the references, like explicit references to you know the connect scanners with the concept of heads exploding since well before I actually saw scanners. Oh, interesting. When did you see scanners? I do not remember the first time I saw scanners. It was many years ago. Okay. But I think I saw it I saw it a little bit late as far as the order uh, of Cronenberg movies that I watched. It was his fifth his seventh feature overall, but his fifth commercial feature. But I like I think a lot of people got into Cronenberg through the stuff he did afterwards, stuff like Videodrome and The Fly and Dead Ringers. So eventually I went back and I watched a lot of the first wave stuff, like you know, like Rabbit and The Brood, which is also a movie that's worth talking about, and then also uh Scanners. Okay. This was my first Cronenberg. Really? Um, yes. I've seen like bits of The Fly, um, but I've never seen it all the way through. This genuinely, this piece of news, this this bomb you just dropped on me is very, very exciting because that means I get to bring in Cronenberg movies to show you. I was actually leaning heavily towards talking about Videodrome this week, which is a movie that I love, I think, even more than Scanners. Okay. But I figured once I knew you hadn't seen Scanners, I figured let's start here, give me an excuse to watch Scanners again, and then we'll go and do Videodrome when I have more time. Like, I've got the Criterion Blu-ray of both movies, uh, and the the Videodrome disc is stacked. So I want to make sure when I bring in Videodrome, I've gone back through everything on that disc so I could be like, look how smart I am, bitch. Look Ooh. how little you know compared to me and shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I'm going to buy the, the Blu-ray too. And I'll be like, oh, no, no, I know what you're talking about because I watched <laughs> this thing as well. Um, but no, well, yeah, I my main association with Cronenberg the first thing I think about is the episode of Rick and Morty right where they create a Cronenberg universe basically even though he has moved away from it in his more recent works he was for a long time the body horror guy right uh, scanners is no exception the brood is no exception videodrome certainly the fly of course uh, big elements of that make their way into Dead Ringers as well. So yes, uh, for the longest time and for a great many people still, Cronenberg is synonymous with horrifying body mutations or mutilations. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Um, I've am, seen stills from The Fly. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty gnarly. <laughs> uh, I am in a Cronenberg movie. I am in, uh, not that I got, you know, I didn't. Get, I don't have a major part. Right, I you're am just a, on the... Uh, on all the advertising all material. All the marketing. I but am you, Mia Wasikowska. Did you, <laughs> did you not know that? Um, I'm a very good actor. That's how I fool everybody. Of course. Uh, no, the uh, very beginning of his most recent movie, Maps to the Stars, I am visible the, as like the one person getting off a bus behind Mia Wasikowska and walking over towards uh, our Pats, who's sitting in a car nearby. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. 
So, uh, which was really fun because like I was a Cronenberg fan for a long time before that. And when you show up for a project like that, they don't always tell you what you're there for. So we showed up not knowing what it was. And after a certain number of hours, rumors started to circulate. Nothing concrete. I get placed, you know, because I was doing I was doing background. Yeah. I get placed in the scene and I see a, a gentleman with with gray white hair walking around talking to people looking like he's the dude in charge and i see him i'm like okay and then i do a double take like a cartoon character and i go is that david cronenberg oh shit oh okay all right okay (laughs) here here i am now here and they were like stop that we're rolling (laughs) um but it was really cool because they I, I did a couple of different scenes, including the one where I, I come off the bus behind Mia Wasikowska. And because I, I'm right behind her, like so much so that I really had to make a concerted effort not to bump into her yeah. as I slip between her and the bus to walk the way I'm supposed to. The uh, cool thing about it, though, being that close was that I could actually watch Cronenberg giving her direction. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool fucking thing to see up close. Yeah. Did you get to give him a hug? I was like, yo, crony. He was like, get this motherfucker <laughs> off of my set. I was like, worth it. <laughs> um, I think this is a good time to drop down that sweet, sweet spoiler wall. It's really tough to talk too much about anything that goes on in this movie. Beyond, I feel like I, I pat myself on the back with both hands. I feel like I nailed it in the pitch. Pretty much what we can talk about without <laughs> spoiling anything. Right. Uh, so guys, if you haven't had a chance to see it, um, do so. I assume that you've been wooed by that sweet pitch. Um, so you can find it on Amazon, um, or you can get the Blu-ray somewhere. Uh, Criterion um, put it out on Blu-ray and as always, the presentation from them is incredible. There's a little booklet with an essay by Kim Newman. I, I'm, I don't work for Criterion. I'm just a big fucking yeah you're a fan but if you're listening and you want to give me some kind of job or you want to pay us to plug your fucking discs on this show please criterion we love you but (laughs) they did a great job with it i i recommend if you've got i understand physical media can get a little bit pricey for some people but if you've got a a little extra scratch and you want to check the movie out that is the format i recommend most highly okay um yeah i checked it out on uh i rented it on amazon prime uh which i'm sure is just fine yeah Yes. Um, you can also get it on iTunes. I think if you get it on iTunes, their typical rec- or their typical requirements when you're delivering to iTunes is that it has to match the disc, so it probably has extra features as well. Okay. Um, that's my assumption, or you may have to buy it to get the extra features, but either way. Yeah, and the, the- Criterion Disc has some, some pretty cool recent interviews with a lot of the cast members and so on. Yeah, so I uh, highly recommend checking it out. I think I've stalled enough. You've been able to pause it by now. Right, you got it. It's like a, a corporate espionage, conspiracies, psychic underground, and telekinetic battles. You got right. it. And, ex- uh, and an exploding head. <laughs> so we are dropping the spoiler wall in three, two, one. Spoilers are allowed now. We're a spoiler podcast. It was a fucking Ooh, sled. Hell yeah. It was a fucking oh, sled. They're the damn. same person. Yeah. Kaiser um, Soze is Kevin Spacey. <laughs> uh, what if what if what if we were to do that movie uh, on the show? Someone's super pissed that I just spoiled that for them. <laughs> They're like, I was I was queuing it up to watch it right now. Fuck you, missing out podcast. Yeah. You'll regret this. I'm gonna get you. <laughs> I only watch old movies and listen to podcasts at the same time. <laughs> it's how I do it. Can you what imagine if- how disorienting it would be for somebody to use one of our shows as a commentary track for the movie we're talking about (laughs) um i think it'd be great you know like it wouldn't be in sync but like 
there'll be moments where it kind of lines up. Um, but we should probably just give a quick recap for those who have forgotten. Let's say you watch this movie years ago and you're like, I have vaguely remember, I just remember the head exploding part, but the rest of it is kind of fuzzy. Or you watched it this morning and smoke a ton of weed. Hell yeah. You were like, 420 just passed, baby. Gotta keep it going. 421, 423. That's how 420 works. Right. And Easter <laughs> but he took over the prison from the inside. He Wilson Fisk that motherfucker. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, so in this movie. Isn't that what Hop is about? Yep. Yeah. That's what it's about. Spoiled Hop. Same guy's like, fuck you, missing out cast. <laughs> that was the next one I was queuing up. <laughs> what an odd double feature. Yeah. He. <laughs> like usual suspects and Hop. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, he, he likes crime dramas. <laughs> Which I assume Hop is. Yep. Hop is the one with James, is with live action CG one. Yes. Right? The Brian Lynch wrote. Yes. With James Marsden. Yes. Who's also going to be the guy in the Sonic movie, right? I don't know, man. Sonic the Hedgehog. Starring, I don't know, man. Starring Jim Carrey is probably Ivo sure. Robotnik. <laughs> it's true. It's happening. That's cool. Yeah. Cool. All right. Someone says so it's going to explode movie... in that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> what, are, what are we here to talk about? Um... Uh, we're just, we're, you know, we're just summarizing this sweet, sweet scanning movie. I'm just over here looking at memes and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, looking he at won't James put his Marsden's phone down. fucking headshot. I'm like, like, what a pretty man. <laughs> he is handsome. He's like, guys, remember when he was Cyclops? Oh, man. Now it's that guy from Ready Player One. Boo. <laughs> he just fucking shoots up right in bed somewhere in the valley <laughs> like, hey. <laughs> fuck you, missing out podcast. You'll regret this. <laughs> like, we've got a contingent of people that are building their own Legion of Doom to come after us because they're so fed up with our bullshit and tomfoolery. I'm into it. Yeah, baby. Fuck you, fight me. So, all right. So, scanners. What are we... You You said you maybe want to start with a, a general overview, a, a synopsis, if you will. Yeah. All right. Yo, Tari J, tell me what this movie is. Yo, all right. So... This movie is about Cameron Vale, a homeless dude who gets snatched up by the government because he has secret psychic powers. And there's apparently an underground faction of psychic people trying to take over the world that's led by Michael Ironside. His name, his character's name is Ravik. Daryl Ravik. Daryl Ravik. I never um, get tired of the way Stephen Lack says Daryl Ravik. <laughs> Daryl Ravik. Um, and then what else happens? Oh, and so the, the government or this government company, it's a concept. So it's just one corporation. Essentially. Yeah. They send, uh, they send Vale after Revic as like a little amateur spy. Right. And he's bad at it. So right. he it's gets... like, how do we, how do we take him down f- uh, from within? Right. And they, they discover that they've got concept's got a traitor, right? Who right, right away. As soon as they're like, we're going to use this. We found one scanner and we can convert him to our cause and we can send him as a spy to take down Revic's splinter cell from the inside. Yeah. Immediately in this, in this fucking story, the insider tells Revic, yeah, this is what they're doing. <laughs> so so he knows the entire fucking time. Right. And is able to just play everybody like puppets. Exactly. 
Um, which I I liked that at like I I I felt like Revik was a really well done villain. Like there's a it's an aspect of like I feel like you only really see him in probably like 15 20 minutes of the movie. Does not have a huge everyone's always talking about him but does not have a huge amount of screen time. Yeah. Because he is the the mastermind which makes him more intimidating. Like you see how powerful he is in his first scene where he's basically trying to uh he's basically trying to de uh debunk, not debunk, but like De- discredit uh, Consec, and so they're doing their little presentation. Like, guys, I'm gonna scan you, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, t- you know, just- don't be worried about the side effects. You may experience a headache, maybe a nosebleed, some nausea, but that's pretty normal, right? Um, it's like who who wants to do it, and the whole room's like, oh, fuck no. you, <laughs> fuck you, guy. That's a terrible pitch. And Revik's just like, I'll do it. <laughs> I will be scanned. <laughs> And then that's where you get the sweet, sweet head explodey gif. Um, yes, that's where it comes from about 15 minutes in after after we've established uh, uh, Stephen Lack's character and Consec and Dr. Ruth and all of this conspiracy backstory. Then, yeah, we go right to that scene, which they had to move to the 15 minute mark so yeah. anybody could focus on what was happening. And I, uh, I was reading about how they did it. And so I guess they had made a, a latex mold of the glasses guy's head, and then they filled it with like old lunch, um, like rabbit livers, fake blood, and one other thing. And then they basically shot a shotgun from behind, um, right. which like created a very crazy effect. It, it's pretty um, fucking wild. <laughs> um. But that scene, I think, if you weren't paying attention, that snaps you right into the movie. Um, and then you get, like, a sequence of Revik being captured by Consec and him just essentially playing them like fiddles. Like, he starts mind-controlling them into not giving him the ephemeral, which is the drug that's supposed to suppress his powers. Then he mind-controls one of them into crashing his car into a, a street. And then he uh, gets another one that's in the car he's in to shoot the other cop and then shoot himself. And he's like, ha, 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 ha. I am evil. I am Revic. Blah, 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 blah. Fear me. Turns to the camera. He's like, Scandia. Yeah. <laughs> Makes a little pistol finger. Right. Yeah, that's, yeah, his, yeah. that's his catchphrase. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I feel like this is the youngest I've seen Michael Ironside. Um, who Michael Ironside is a massive resume. Like you even if you don't know the name, you have seen the dudes work repeatedly. Right. I feel like the the most recent uh, version of Michael Ironside I've seen was as Leonard Snart's father on The Flash. That's right. Um, and then the I think the first time in memory that I have of Michael Ironside was as the main villain in the famous Jet Jackson movie. Um, it's been a very long time since I've seen the famous Jet Jackson movie, so I will cop to not having any memory of Ironside being in that. Um, yeah, he's the main villain. He uh, Because in the movie, the two uh, universes start to overlap. Right. So like in, in the famous Jet Jackson-verse, the... The movie, the TV show that the main character stars in is actually a real universe. Silverstone, the yeah. ultimate action hero. And At least that's who he plays on TV. In real life, he's just a regular kid. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, is bullshit because you're the star of a successful TV show. There's nothing regular kid about you, sir. Um, I mean, 
He, but he's in a small town, you know. It's like how when back in back in like the eighties, seventies, they'd pick up cool kids off the street, take them on tour, and then drop them off and give them no money. Same thing. Oh. He was uh, he was just like that. He wasn't even getting paid for any of the episodes he did. They were just like, yeah, yeah, get this black kid on TV, and then we'll give him no money, and he'll he'll just feed off the fame. That's tragically pretty regular, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, Michael Ironside, massive, massive resume. Uh, he was in Top Gun. He was in Total Recall. He was in Free Willy, uh, that, the, the greatest American motion picture. The real Citizen Kane is how I refer to Free Willy. Also, Starship Troopers. Yes. He was in uh, Perfect Storm. He was in... I vaguely remember him being in Terminator Salvation. I didn't see it. Which, uh, it's, uh, it's got its moments. Okay, cool. Aesthetically interesting. All right. Grumpy Christian Bale. Uh, I mean, that's the best Christian Bale. Grump, a lot of, yeah, a lot of grumpy Christian Bale. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he uh, he's, I would say, this, the breakout piece of this movie. I think that, like, his performance is subtle, and but when you get in the like heat of things with him, then he just goes balls to the wall. Yeah. Which I think is a great juxtaposition to the, the like really silent, silent mastermind he had been playing throughout. Yes. Um, Cause every interaction you had with him, he was either just kind of like staring off and like crazy stuff would be happening around him. Um, or he'd have like really calm, like mastermindy conversations with the, the mole. Right. Where he's he- like, kill him. Right, and there there are plenty of moments where he doesn't have to say anything or do too terribly much, but he still has this malevolent quality to him where you, as soon as you, if you've never seen the movie before, you had no idea who was who coming in, that first scene, all dude has to do is quietly raise his hand to volunteer for the scan, and you're like, this motherfucker's up to no good. <laughs> There's some sinister shit afoot. Yeah, um, and I like that they found a way, and this is deep spoilers to like tie him and give him a connection to the main character and that they are brothers. Right. I saw uh, there the, actually the essay that, that accompanies the criterion Blu-ray, which I looked at again this morning, uh, the writer Kim Newman uh, compares it in a way to the Odin Thor Loki dynamic. Oh, interesting. With the caveat that uh, in this case, I suppose uh, Vale would be Thor and he doesn't know who his father is. But Dr. Ruth, who's been the one pulling him into the fold right from the very beginning, turns out, yeah, that's his, that's his daddy. Daddy of both of them. And our yeah. two leads are brothers. Um, so can we talk about Dr. Ruth for a little bit? Yes. Because um, he... I don't know if he was ever a sympathetic character, but he was always a character that like had a very interesting presence. Like the, mo- the first time you meet him... He's just kind of hanging out with uh, Cameron and he's like, look, you can get your stuff under control. Like, I brought you in. Like, look, here's here's how the world works, bro. Like, you know, I got you. I'm going to I'm going to make your life better. Right. Well, and also ostensibly his aims are altruistic, right? Like, you know, you we established very clearly, very early. Revic is the villain of the piece and his goals are to be opposed so when we get introduced to Ruth and we introduce the mythology and he explains to Vale who's who, what's what, you think to yourself, all right, well, this dude this dude is acting in the best interest of, of potentially of everybody, right? Hopefully. S- sort of. But like 
there it's a little more gray because you get that uh that boardroom scene where they're like yo this dude's head exploded like we're discredited no one likes us anymore exactly and even if dr ruth quietly harbors greater morality than anybody else though he's super down to experiment on people including his own son right and manipulate the crap out of him at every turn so not necessarily definitely not a good dad if nothing else <laughs> but you do just you like get odin that, right you get that yeah well yeah sort of you get that boardroom scene and he's sitting at that table with everybody else and even though it seems like he's got less of a taste for the bureaucracy than everybody else. Certainly the gist of that scene is a, yeah, this makes us look bad. And B we got to do something about this, not because it's right, but because this is competition. This is potential professional competition that we just got to stave off right now. You kill the motherfucker. Right. Uh, so I mean, I, I like that it's never really clear whose side he's on. Not like, you think that he's on Revic's side at any point, but like he's always either on Cameron's side or his own side. Right. I, he's definitely not a villain, but he's absolutely not a hero either. Right. Um, and he does, he does ultimately uh, pay for his moral, deep moral compromise because the mole ends up just putting a bullet in the back of his head. Yeah. That the, the sequence is weird though. I couldn't tell like the way I had written my note is that, I was assuming that he was broadcasting his thoughts to Cameron. He does, he has this weird monologue that doesn't necessarily feel tethered to anything that's going on. But right. and it starts with he, he eventually he's speaking out loud, but it starts with the uh, close up of him and it's voiceover. Right. And it is very off-putting. Yeah. But that's the that's the impression I got as well as he's yeah. trying to or the, uh, even if not specifically to veil, just here's just a wide broadcast if you're listening. You are the resistance. Terminator Salvation. <laughs> oh, I don't get that reference. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah, because there's that that moment and it created one of the the one of my favorite moments from the movie where like it starts in his mind and then he as the actor stands up and yells. So it's like uh, in his mind, it's like. What we must do is, and then he gets up and goes, Defeat Revit! Which I imagine was very fun for that actor. Um, Or I imagine he's like, I don't know. I don't know what's happening in this scene, but I'm a professional. I'm going to do it. (laughs) No one will know. Um, But it's great. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm glad that he got his comeuppets. Um, Because you learn a lot about his him after he's dead that uh essentially is is icky stuff yeah no he wasn't a great dude yeah right um because when you get the scene uh where revic uh reveals that he's brothers with Vale, uh he's also like yo you know he he was experimenting on uh our pregnant mom and then uh i developed scanning abilities and then he's like i'm gonna do it again and he then that's when cameron came and then he's like yo i'm gonna put cameron in the garbage and i'll keep tabs on him but one but only until i need him right um and then knowing that 
this creates like scanning defects he's like yo i'm gonna get this drug on the market and these babies gonna have some sweet sweet abilities my dude right so part of part of revik's plan and part of the corporate espionage storyline is you realize that Consec is essentially at war with itself because one of their offshoots, biocarbon amalgamate, yeah, uh, which is basically a drug processing facility, has been taken over by Revic, uh, unbeknownst to the Consec board. And his plan is essentially to use ephemeral to uh, in, uh, sort of experiment on pregnant women, thereby creating an entire new generation of scanners in much the same fashion that he himself was created. Yeah, and. That could sure go either way. The uh, the the thing too that that makes Revik even more interesting is you see there's old footage uh, when he was about 22 years old when he was being kept in a facility, and you see that a once you find out Doctor Ruth was experimenting on their mother, you you realize well Revik was never given a choice, and then he was treated like a lab rat of sorts, and he mm. he could clearly didn't know what was happening to him so much so that he tried to drill into his brain to make the voices stop, you know? Right. So you you can definitely draw a line from how absolutely horrible his background was for him to what he decides he wants to do in this movie. Right. And you also, uh, you get this moment where he has like the traditional Magneto moment where he's like, we're the next stage of evolution. We're going to build an army. I want to take over and all the normies are going to bow to us. And it's like, I mean, it's, it's a, not a noble idea, but it's a novel idea. Um, but also, you know, I don't free think will. It, but I also don't think it counts as the next stage of natural evolution. If you create it with drugs. <laughs> well, I yeah, mean, maybe look, I guess in a, in a hundred years, Who's going to know the difference? Right. I mean, it could just be unlocking a a thing that was already there. It's just like ephemeral en- enhanced that. Um, so then essentially normal genes can be bred out and then it's evolution you, or eugenics. Mm. <laughs> I mean, the line between there's... the two gets blurrier every day. Yeah. Um, Especially I mean... in my house. <laughs> Uh huh. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> I don't do eugenics. They frighten me. He's he's always putting his two genes up next to each other and being like, "I love these genes," and he throws out the other pair. But like you know, that's weird. <laughs> How does that work? But but genes. you know, no, like like obviously it's horrible. But also, I don't think I'd fare well in a eugenics-dominated society. I don't think I'd be one of those people held up as a bastion of genetic purity. <laughs> Maybe like there is so much THC in this fucker's system. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, unless you at some point you started producing it internally and they're like, oh, he's he's, he's become a generator. <laughs> the next generation of scanners. <laughs> That's what unlocks the scanner genome. You just get real high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Extracts. There uh what's Ironside is all about extracts. Daryl Revick's whole plan. He got into the drug lab and he's like, I'm gonna create a new generation of scanners, but first I'm gonna create a chemical cocktail that gets me stoned as fuck. Hell yeah. Because that's where his powers come from. Mm-hmm. Um speaking of scanners, I like I like that as terminology. Like this this movie has a lot of like specific terms. Um and scanners as a as a like fun way of talking about telepaths um is I think a really cool 
uh, way to refer to it. Because, like, you know, usually people are like, oh, this guy's a psychic, or he's a mind reader. But, like, having it be specifically like, this guy's a scanner um, is is cool terminology. It, like, has a anime feel to, to me. Okay. Um, in the same way that, like, there's an anime called Code Breaker. And so people with powers are called breakers. Um, so I like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I just think that, like, having cool terms is a staple of sci-fi and it's it's a great way to establish a world that is similar to ours but just a a half step to the left right i also like that each of the scanners have slightly different abilities like um uh jennifer o'neill her character of kim orbist um she had like pyrokinetics mm-hmm. um whereas i think one of them was an empath um and you know michael ironside his character was specifically like a mind controller um yes and he could he could yeah manipulate people to actually i mean like we were talking about before early in the movie to shoot each other themselves right. crash the car imagine being the dude in the other car by the way in that earlier sequence there are two cars and Revik is in one. Uh, they believe he's subdued under the influence of ephemeral, but he's obviously he's manipulating everybody. Imagine being the guy in the other car who isn't being scanned, who yeah. is just like, you better stop this car right now and shit, like not knowing what was happening uh-huh. and then being exploded. Oh, um, I <laughs> that'd be terrible. Um, but I also I also like that. I feel like in a lot of telekinetic media um when people get their minds read it's it's a fairly innocuous thing like you're like yeah yeah yeah, i can read that person's mind but in this one it's like no this causes physical pain you're on like fire I'm- now <laughs> you weren't on fire before and now you are <laughs> i mean but like i like that it it there's a, a like a connection like you're actually like invading someone's mind yes. that, that causes actual side effects so it's not like you can like in this spy thriller, you can't actually be like a spy because people know they're being scanned. Right. Um, which is is great. Like, so there's that scene where uh, Vale is talking to this art collector or whatever um, and trying to gather information from him. And well, he's, he's like, the, it's, it's not even that he's a, he's a collector. Like, he's making all of that shit. And that's a way for him to essentially channel his abilities into something constructive as opposed to something that's just going to, like, eat himself from inside. Right. Something that is going to eat him from the inside. There we go. I mean, it, it is himself, though. Hey, that's look. True. Autophagy, bro. Hell yeah. Autophagy? Mental autophagy. 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 <laughs> it's the it's the phase in your um like digestive or like metabolic system at which your body starts to consume itself. Oh. Yeah. So it starts creating energy from what's already in your stores. So so sort of like when your stomach is starting to gargle and stuff? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's what it is. I learned some shit. That's what this show is about. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow 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 you've been scanned <laughs> wow the climactic battle was bonkers there are a number of bonkers battles uh in this film for example when he's talking to the the artist and the revix goons show up with guns and lay siege to the whole place killing the one guy yeah we get this really 
Uh, it's absurd. This wonderfully absurd psychic battle, which is just a lot of Stephen Lack in close-up whipping his head around super hard. Yeah. And that's how he defeats them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's it's pretty <laughs> something. I mean, I think that, like, at the time, that was the best way they could conceive of, like, psychic battles. Like, now, we have things like Legion, where you get, like, psychic dance battles you, and like, things and like that. You, like, go into a mindscape and shit. Right. But you can see watching this movie that it's not, it doesn't look particularly expensive. And the moments where you get, like, an exploding head or some of the makeup effects at the end, it's like, all right, let's allocate a certain amount of resources for that. Yeah. That's pretty much all the resource we have for that. And so we can't do mindscapes. We can't, you know, because like we'd, we'd, uh, by 81, we'd started to see big uh, effects movies start to, to happen. Yeah. You know, I mean like Star Wars was 77. So it's not like these types of things were not feasible at the time, but I don't think they had that kind of money. Right. Well, yeah, I, this, uh, this movie, uh, based on the little research I did was put together on a very quick timeline and it was put together on a, on a lower budget. And it was mostly like something done as a, like part of it was the speed. Part of the speed was because the studio wanted to write it off as part of their like financial quarter or whatever. So it had to be written and, shot at the same time um so i imagine yeah like it i think that if given more time there probably would have been like a cool mindscape stuff but i also feel like if i think that it would have lost some of its charm if they would have done that there is something there is a a slapdash feel to a lot of the movie but i i agree now some people i would imagine would watch the movie and be like why 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 does it feel this way but to me it does the the rudimentary feel of quite a bit of it adds something yeah i couldn't put my finger on what or maybe it's that it takes something away and that's occasionally you have to pull an ingredient out of the recipe to maximize (laughs) the potential and shit um but yes i think i think what you're talking about is definitely observable in the final product but to me doesn't ultimately harm the final product in any substantial way yeah um because it it's is specifically a cerebral movie it's a movie about like what's going on in these characters heads and so like they do a good job of conveying that like someone is reading people's minds by like adding the water effect over the vo or like um you know having people convulse to to show that they are in mental agony like you don't really necessarily need anything more than what we were given um and i think that i think as an actor, it'd be really fun to just be like, all right, how, what does it look like to be attacked like in your brain? And that, that person just gets to play and do that. Right. Um, so I don't know. I think it's good. I like it. So, so you were talking about the final psychic battle between Vale and Revic, which is, as you alluded to quite a fucking thing to behold. Oh yes. Um, I think that like, it it has a lot of those like Cronenberg like aesthetics. Like there are moments when they're fighting, and then they essentially have these like veiny pieces that that pop up and like, that start bleeding, blood starts squirting out, yeah. and like stuff on their head starts to bulge and whatever. Um, which is yeah, you can you can definitely trace a line throughout his work of like even when he was doing it on a, a smaller scale where it wasn't a big part of the focus of the movie. Dude still playing around with body horror stuff and also. Worth mentioning, uh, Dick Smith, who did 
all the the makeup effects uh, worked on like the exorcist and a bunch of other things oh nice um yeah but yeah you get these like bubbling just bubbling skin patches as they're warring with each other and as yeah. as it's starting to look like maybe Vale ain't gonna make it out of this he's like pulling off little pieces of his face and shit and i'm like this is what i'm here for money well spent <laughs> god damn it uh yes and and i think that like i mean that part grossed me out a lot oh yeah it's um, horrifying <laughs> uh, actually for me though the the veins were worse oh were they uh, a little bit just something about like there's just fucking big veins popping blood out just like in little squirt lines and that that found i found even more unsettling because oh. even though the face pulling was a really grotesque horror effect and very well done which makes it even more so yeah i feel like i see things like that more often mm, than okay. the, the veins showing up and like squirting blood everywhere oh. it's and that and happens the, every time i work out yeah. i like go to lift some weights and like veins just start squirt, popping out squirt, and i start squirt, bleeding squirt. So um, you, you've lost st- so many gym memberships that way. Yeah, they don't like it. Yeah, it's crazy. But I'm like, it's just who I am. I'm like one of those lizards who spits um, blood out of their eyes as a like a defense mechanism. It's like my body being like, we don't work out. Right. That's so not predators are like, fucks up with that dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not eating that fucking guy. Yeah. It's a, it's just a natural reflex. And then they, they turn tail and they head in the other direction and you look right at the camera and you're like, you've been scanned. <laughs> <laughs> Finger pistol. <laughs> pew, pew. Oh, geez. Um, but yeah. Uh, so I, I, I also, the, the, because at the end of this battle, uh, Vale catches on fire. Yeah. His whole body burns to a husk. Yeah. But it turns out. That he switched bodies, baby. He was like, oh, yeah, I'm in Michael Ironside's hot, sexy body. <laughs> Look at my eyes. They're green now. But yeah, the implication being, ultimately, Vale was powerful enough to burn Revic out of his own mind. Yeah. And to jump in there instead. While his previous body, the Stephen Lack, just burns into a husk that Kim finds. And it's really unsettling, especially when you don't know yet how it resolved for right. all you know your protagonist that you've been following since the beginning of the movie has died in this horrible horrible way and in a sense he has right because now he's got daryl revick's face even though it's not him in there anymore for all intents and purposes like he's that guy now right like everybody would know revick's face right so for all intents and purposes Vale, as he existed before is dead yeah but he could do more good in Revic's body now. Oh, for sure. Because he could be like, hey guys, I don't know if you know this, but I changed my mind about the project and we're gonna blow up all the ephemeral. How about that? <laughs> we make sustainable housing for the poor now. <laughs> Hell yeah. And they're like, this seems different. And you're like, fuck you. And then you mind control them to walk away. Any Anytime someone starts to realize that you're a little bit different, you just mind control them to walk away and forget what they were thinking about. And like they they snap to about fifteen minutes later, and they're like, "Fuck, I got scared." <laughs> and oh. then they, they look up at you in the in the main uh, boss's area of the factory, and you do a, a, <laughs> just a finger, a finger pistol pistol. And, shit. Yeah. and they're like, "Oh, that scanny bitch." <laughs> uh, yeah. So, <laughs> um, Lex, if you had psychic powers, 
do, would you want them? Do, oh, do I've you... already I've already thought through this shit. Okay, go ahead. Well, let me let me ask you. Like, who who if you could if you could scan right if you had the full range of scanner powers as depicted in this film, who would you who'd you scan? Who'd you scan the fuck out of? Like in this movie? No, I or mean just in, life, in general like in the real world. Who'd you scan? I don't want scanning abilities because it mean that means so. I used to have a big fear of people being able to read my mind um, because I was a mean bitch. Um, Wait. What? Wait. Yeah. Can't we can't just skip past that? Where? What was the? What was the foundation of it? Or you just? Was it? Was it less an actual fear and more of a? If people could read my mind, they maybe wouldn't like the, the shit I think. Or was it actually? I'm genuinely worried people might be able to do this. Um. I mean, it was a good like legit like i'd be on the bus sometimes and i'd like do a little test to see if anyone could like hear me just to just to make sure and i'd be like mm? uh? but uh no one ever said anything no one ever was ever like hey stop thinking about dicks over there <laughs> um so okay <laughs> so that uh so but like yeah i was genuinely like it was a genuine thought that would cross my brain every so often is it like you know, like it would be scary if someone could read my mind. It'd be terrifying. Uh, yeah, and also I was a mean bitch, and so I'd I'd be like, man, I'm glad this person doesn't know what I really think about them because their feet stink. Because oh. I'm mean. All right. Yeah, I was. I'm a nice person now. I'm like, I'm I'm a nice guy. Look at me. Nice guy. Pew, pew. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, see if the premise. I, I I have an answer to this question. If the premise of the question entails that I have these abilities already, yeah, I, I you know I would scan the fuck out of people who take out their cell phones in movie theaters. <laughs> um, you know what I'd probably do is what? I would just I would I would do it Revic style and I would just make them get up and leave. Oh, because all right. because I was thinking about it, right? I I would say I wouldn't blow up their heads because that would be distracting. Right, it would end the movie at that moment. Right, everybody would be screaming and leaving the theater. I'd be like, I'm trying to hear what Captain America's saying and shit, and all you bitches are screaming. Uh, but it would kind of be the same thing if I did what Vale does at the beginning of the movie and just makes them have some sort of like you know uh, spasm attack. It'd still be too distracting. Right. So I feel like I would just do the the nicest thing that Revic does for anybody in this movie is just make them walk away. Except then he he doubles down on shittiness by making them shoot themselves. Right. Of course. I wouldn't do that part. Yes, but I would make them get up and leave the theater. Okay, I would also implant. I'd like incept the idea that maybe going to the movies isn't for them. Mm. And then I'm the hero. Right. Then I'm the veil and not the Revic. I saved the day and shit. That's true. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess if we're talking about cool powers, um, then I would love sweet, sweet fire starter powers. Cause then I could just show it off. I could just be like, pow, 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 pow. Look at my sweet fire powers, pow, pow, pow. And then I'd go, I'd go to like camp places, and then I would just walk around to people's campsites and like start fires for them. And I'd be like, I did a service for you, pow, 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 pow. Look at, look, look at me. I'm doing services, pow, pow, pow. pow. Uh, What's you're just lighting shit on fire? I'm helping. I'm giving them fires. Like it, <laughs> oh, it saves them time. Yes. I see. You're not just burning trees and whatnot. No. <laughs> <laughs> I go to a forest and I'm like, look, I'm doing you a favor. Never camp again. Uh, no, I'm I'm doing people solid. We're building condos here. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so th- I mean, that'd be a cool one. I like, cause, cause you can't subtly read someone's mind. So like that is off the table for me. Also, I don't know if I'd want to read people's minds. I feel like everyone's mind is a YouTube comment, uh, section. Like everyone's <laughs> minds are just like, women are garbage people. And I'm like, no, I don't want to hear you think that. And they're like, fucking in words. And I'm like, no, I don't want this. This is not what I signed up for. Um, so I don't want it. I don't want inside people's minds. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I would take some sweet, sweet fire starter stuff or like empath abilities. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, like, like steel, not steel, but like really like feel what other people are feeling. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't want that. I feel like that would be too intense. I feel like you, I could be, I could be as much of an empath as I feel I need to be by just checking in with folks. Just being like, yeah, all right. Anything you want to talk about? I mean, but what if you see someone like, so, all right, for example, there was a video recently of a guy who was watching the Star Wars episode nine trailer. Uh, yeah. And I he was I, very emotional. I didn't see it, but I heard about it. Right. So I would want to like feel what that guy's feeling. Like, I want to be like, yeah, how's that feel? Um, oh, I know what that feels like. I don't. I'm the one who cries at all the goofy superhero stuff. Yeah, I get it. Not but all like, of it, but some of it. But that's you, bro. It's not me. It's not me. I don't cry uh, unless it's the the season four finale of Magicians, bro. That's it. That's a, uh, or if it's Hamilton or if it's a bunch of other stuff that makes me cry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so stuff like that. I, I want to like know what it feels like. Or, you know, if I'm getting down with someone, I want to know what they feel like. So I could be like, all right, here's how to how to heighten that up. Like, you know, you know how to you know how it makes makes the goodness go round, baby. I still Good feel goes like around. there are several ways to accomplish what you're describing without psychic empath scanner abilities. I don't think so. <laughs> I think the, that's the only way. Um, Yeah. What you, you you think like I should like talk to my partner while we're doing the the de- doing the dirty? I want to say talk. I should be like, "Yo, that feel good," and they'll be like, "Yo, get out of my bedroom," <laughs> and then you're like, "You got scanned," and they're like, "Ah, you scanny bitch." Oh, jeez. I do feel like it's worth mentioning that uh, this movie is pretty unique in Cronenberg's filmography insofar as whereas uh, The Fly spawned a sequel, this movie spawned an an entire franchise that Cronenberg is not involved in at all. Yeah. But has a few sequels. Uh, It's got Scanners 2, The New Order, Scanners 3, The Takeover, Scanner Cop. In 94, I'm going to check. I've seen none of these. I'm definitely going to check out Scanner Cop. And also Scanners, the showdown, also known as Scanner Cop 2. Now, uh, I've not seen these sequels, but uh, to the best of my understanding, they de-emphasize a lot of the the more cerebral, philosophical implications of this world and these characters and these abilities and lean real hard into the exploding head stuff. All right. I mean... That is appealing to me. Oh, it does sound fun. I've never checked these out, but now I feel like I'm 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 ready. Especially like uh, Scanners Cop. Like I assume that uh, I'm assuming that the premise is not that 
it is a cop for scanners and it's just a single cop that has scanner abilities different town no one knows about scanners and they're like if the law can't do what i want it to do then I'll do it myself. And so any criminal who gets off, he just and blows their heads up. And he's like, Scanner Cop! That's my premise. <laughs> and they're too afraid to press charges against this cop. I mean, they can't prove it. They don't right. know that he's doing it. Right. It's like, as far as they know, it's just some weird freak accident that people's heads keep exploding. Um because they don't know about scanners. They're like, what, 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 what is it? What's a scanner? And he's like, you'll never know. Well, we can put all of our speculation to rest because no, I don't tell me. I don't tell me the truth. The Wikipedia page for scanner cop. I don't want to know. It's, and it's my canon already. Under, under plot, it says only, only the following. Uh, Sam Stasiak. A rookie cop with the Los Angeles Police Department is also a scanner, parentheses, a person born with telepathic and telekinetic abilities, and parentheses. When a string of murders begins to decimate the police department, Sam faces sensory overload and possible insanity as he uses his powers to hunt the man responsible for the killing. So actually, having not seen the movie, this does not preclude your headcanon version of it. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I'm into that. I mean, it, it, they made it a lot more personal. Uh, where it's like one-on-one. I prefer it to be... I'm, I'm hoping Scanner's Cop 2 is my version, where he's just like, I am justice! I am the law! And he's just like blowing people's heads up, and they have to go after him at some point. Oh, so like he goes rogue. Yeah. Okay, so he becomes the bad cop. Heck yeah. All right. But like, you know, understandably so. Everyone he's tried to arrest is getting off. Um, but since it was made in the 90s or early 90s, they're all of color, and it's real racist. Um, so anyways. He's, he seems to be scanning very specific demographics. We don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> We're meeting our quotas. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, geez. All right. Do you have any final thoughts about this before we wrap up? Well, the other thing that I think is interesting is that this has not been remade yet. I... And- had read that they were thinking about remaking it in 07 uh darren bowsman who did a couple of the more successful saw movies was attached to to develop a remake that never happened yeah they talked as recently as 2011 about maybe developing it as some uh, as a tv series but that never happened either Mm -hmm. and it feels very much like uh, a property that you could you could pump more money into it and i don't know if it's gonna be good ultimately yeah but it, it seems like you put in a couple of couple of names right and you just juke all the effects and you can still play with the same heady cerebral stuff but try to modernize it a little bit that seems like if you could do it for a reasonable budget that seems a little bit like a no-brainer to me and i just right. find it interesting that nobody has nobody has actually followed through with a remake of the movie now granted of course nobody's going to be able to do cronenberg like cronenberg no matter how much money you pour into it right but Especially in a world where, like, now they're remaking uh, Rabbit, uh, which is a, or the, a movie that he did prior to Scanners. I feel like this is this is one that seems ripe for a remake slash modernization. Yeah. I'm a little surprised it hasn't happened yet. Well, I think I had read that the 2007 version had fallen through because... Um, that they wouldn't do it without Cronenberg's blessing and, and they never got it. Right, like, he didn't sign off on it. Yeah, so yeah. I think that that's the main... Uh, the main blockers. I one. I don't know how he feels about all the 
the other sequels i mean he could be like ridley scott where he's like those are not my movie um that's how he talks yes. um there's okay. not my movies and i will never have another's Aims really Scots. Oh dear. Oh dear. Uh, I would imagine he's not. I mean, I don't. At this point, you'd hope he's not mad about it, and hopefully, he got a check of some kind for these movies. But he had nothing to do with them, right? So I assume that he's just like, nah. I, this goes to the grave with me. Make him after I'm dead, bitch. <laughs> um, I mean, and we have similar concepts, so I think that like. You know, if you're looking for some scanner stuff, watch Legion. If you're looking for some scanner stuff, um, watch anything with Gene Gray. If you, if you I want was almost thinking stuff. about like uh, Kilgrave, first season of Jessica Jones. Yeah, which is similar. He's uh, even though he has to verbalize all of it, not utterly dissimilar from a character like Revic, who's just all about yeah, I'll make you kill yourself to get what I need. Yeah, totally. Right. So except Kilgrave's a snappier dresser. That's true. I mean, you never got to see. I mean, I don't know. Michael Ironside was rocking that suit at the end. That's true. He's like, "Yo, look at my suit and my mullet." Um, I guess it. I, guess it's kind I of mean, it was just long in the back. I, just, I don't know if it was technically a mullet, but it's there. That's what I'm gonna call it, Michael Iron Mullet, Mullet Ironside. Great, <laughs> great, good stuff. Good stuff. He'll change uh, his IMDb as soon as possible. <laughs> Anyways. Um, okay. So I think I'm, I'm going to wrap it up, baby. All right. I'm going to wrap this baby up. Um, guys, if, if you if you haven't seen Scanners and you made it this far, we spoiled the whole thing for you. Um, but if you have and you enjoyed this conversation, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter at Missing Outcast. M-I-S-S-I-N-G-O-U-T-C-A-S-T. Let us know what you would do with psychic powers. Or if you're like, psychic powers are bullshit. Um, I'd also like to hear that. <laughs> That's so. not real. How dare you? <laughs> I reject the premise of the question and therefore will not respond to it. Yeah. Also, if you're a mind reader, don't come anywhere near me. I don't want you by me. I don't need you. Just keep it to yourself. Yeah, um, that's some hardcore bigotry right here on the Missing Out podcast. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you stay in your own section. You, this, this swimming pools for non-mind readers only. Oh, boy. Did they get drink from my fountain? Anyway. He's getting scanned right now. And that's why his speech has begun to fail. You look all the way across the yard, like across the street, and you just see Ironside like... Went scanned. But yeah, Lex, where can people find you? I am on Twitter and Instagram at the Lex Michael. Awesome. And I'm at Tari J, T E R I J A Y. Um, if you have a chance, let us uh, know your thoughts about the podcast. Leave us a rating, a review on iTunes, which helps us get to the top of the charts, helps other people find us, uh, and helps us keep making this wonderful content that you hopefully love. Um, thank you again for joining us. We hope you had a wonderful Good Friday, an amazing. Uh, 420 and a fantastic Easter. I like that 420 now makes the lineup. Hell yeah. I mean, that's that's what it was. That was this weekend, baby. And if you were at Coachella, bro, let us know. How was it? Was Beyonce there? I hear she does great concerts. I haven't seen her personally, but I hear she's a great performer. Um, but yeah, so all of that. 
Uh, and we will see you next week. Until then, this has been the retrospective that is introspective. And now you have a new perspective. 